Welcome to Jumanji. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. Welcome to the Fellowship of Fandoms podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. Um, on this episode, I had the pleasure of hosting JJ or at Dragon Lady JJ. And we talked about House of the Dragon mainly. We obviously talked about Game of Thrones as well and Westeros as a whole and also touched on some pretty important topics that are, that are um, noteworthy. Um, so this episode was recorded before the strikes and it's only now releasing. So um, yeah, it was a while ago. And I actually met JJ on London, you know, on during celebration. We had a couple of drinks, um, beer shots, um, one or the other, maybe both. But yeah, she, you know, she's a great time. She's a great person. She's really nice, um, very kind. And she just has a lot of great takes and insight on Westeros, um, on the Song of Ice and Fire, really. Um, she, you know how they say that Henry Cavill is an, is an onset witcher Bible. I think that's the exact quote. Well, um, JJ is a walking, a song of ice and fire Bible. She knows a lot. And, uh, but yeah, she was, it was, it was a blast, a blast having her here. And we talked about this, but we have to do like a, an episode on a song of ice and fire and just delve deeper because I mean, we try to keep it House of the Dragon. We obviously talked, um, like I said, Game of Thrones and also just fantasy as a genre. But it was a lot of fun. So, and hey, while you're here, thank you for tuning in. Please leave a like, a comment, um, subscribe if you want to. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, but really, it just it helps me. It helps the podcast a lot. And you won't regret it. You know, this episode was fun. The one before it was fun. The one after will be fun. Um, it's just a, we have a great time and th that's the point of this to just, um, have people meet like-minded folks and just geek out together, build a community and just, um, I mean, just hang out, you know, and that's it. We're the fellowship of fandoms. Thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so hey JJ, welcome to the Fellowship of Fandoms. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, Hi. I just want to ask you, yeah, hey, hey. So I just want to ask you before we get into it, like, how did you get into the the Game of Thrones fandom or the uh, Song of Ice and Fire fandom? How was it that you got into it? Oh my gosh, hmm. I got into Game of Thrones, like a Song of Ice and Fire, as a whole, like more than a decade ago. Wow. Like right around the t time show started. Like for me, I never really sought it out because at the time I wasn't really into like dark and violent fantasies it just like wasn't my cup of tea more like I was more of like Lord of the Rings kind of girl Willow like sort of a yeah sort of like these softer fantasies so like a song of ice and fire was never really my draw um and then right around the time show was picked up I started reading um the books and that's sort of that's where I'm at right now that's so it's your origin been, story Okay. Basically, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Like it was just one of those, those things that I picked up, and it's, it has had a hold on me for more than a decade now. So it's it's been a 
very strange journey uh, knowing that the story may never end so which that's awesome it is what it is <laughs> yeah it is what it is sometimes it, that that's a good thing sometimes it, it isn't right <laughs> correct yeah you can make up your own headcanon and then um it's, it's going to be very difficult to conclude these books however you however you spin it because it's such a huge fantasy that covers such so many different things and it's going to be very hard to conclude it i can't imagine that it's going to make people happy 100 so yeah, I don't it's think a good so. thing and a bad thing yeah <laughs> yeah and so and i'm wondering now so you started right around the time that the 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 show started so but but you started through the books first mm -hmm, correct yeah okay gotcha correct yep and so well i started like two years after that i didn't know mm -hmm. that game of thrones was a thing i grew up like Lord of the Rings is my my whole personality. You can see Andurio yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the back. You know that that's that's me. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just I never heard about uh, Song of Ice and Fire. I never knew that they were doing Game of Thrones up until I saw the the two DVD boxes on Walmart. Yeah. I saw them and I was like, I mean, that looks interesting. And so I bought them, and here I am. I'm a, I love the the universe, but I still and. I don't want to get on your bad side here, but I still haven't read no, the books. I still haven't. Um, that, see, the, when people say that, I never like, oh my God, you need to. Like, I can't in good faith and good conscience just casually recommend it. The story is not done. Unless you want to take Game of Thrones ending on the, like, the show as canon, you can do that. But the series on its own, it's not complete. So I never fault people when they tell me, oh, I haven't read them. I'm like, I understand totally. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should. It just depends where your threshold is of, are you happy with it never being done and making up your own headcanon kind of a um, thing? <laughs> um, I'm still young, so I'm kind of like, uh, I hope like from here to, to whenever it gets mm -hmm. done, right? That, uh, I mean, we're I holding our around. fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> we're holding indeed. our fingers crossed for yeah. Mr. Martin to uh, yeah. uh, be healthy and prosperous. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but that's yeah, it. Um, that's it. So, the, but the reason itself that I haven't like finished them is because I don't know. I just I I'm trying, and the parts that I have liked about the first book, I I've got it right here. Um, I don't know if it's visible. I got it right here. This is the the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. Yep. So I I have started it like a couple of times, but it's just I don't know. Um, the way that he can spend like three pages describing Daenerys's um dress, it's just I don't know. It's similar to talking in how he, like a character, can just walk up um, past a branch and that branch has like a whole backstory and, it, and it's been present since the first stage. <laughs> and it's one of those things. But but yeah, he does the same with uh, just descriptions. And I don't know, I'm trying it's, to get into it because I want to. It's, it's hyper detailed. It, um, it can be a chore, like reading through it the first time, just like you said, like you could spend like a whole 10 paragraphs on like, lemon cakes the Sansa enjoys <laughs> right. or Daenerys's dress so right. he is very hyper detailed on, on the world like really trying to fill in everything that he can really tries to pull you in so you can smell things feel exactly. things touch and th things and that's a good thing I just like I just want to see what happens next you know correct no, no, no I get it I get it I get yeah. it but um so yeah before we get it like into the how, how is it how, how does the saying go the the dark and gritty like knit and grit I don't something along dark, those lines. Dark and, dark and gritty is a pretty good way to describe it, yeah. Yeah, and it fits with uh, House of the Dragon, doesn't it? 
Big time, yeah. Yeah. So very, big, it's a lot more visceral than I thought it would be. So, it is. which is so, good. It yeah, falls in line with the, with, with, the, with the book that I see on your shelf. Yeah. So, be, but before we get into that, I want to know, like, mm -hmm. how I know, well, I don't know. I know you, you're not a fan of the later seasons of Game of Thrones, but what back mm -hmm. when you saw them for the first time, like the earlier seasons, like, what, what were your thoughts about them? I, I thought, like, the, to me, first and I think third season remain my favorite. The um, third one? I thought they were, yeah, the third season. Um, I don't ask me for specific details. It's been a long time since I've rewatched it. For me, it just no longer has a rewatch value. So I just, hmm. I can't put that sort of emotional labor in going through like the Red Wedding again and not knowing like how the show ends. It's just, I haven't rewatched it since the show ended in 2019 wow. and I don't have a desire. I've only seen one episode. It was me watching somebody else watching Red Wedding. <laughs> oh, yeah that was my first time watching the game of thrones episode since the show ended it's just it really like took a lot from me and it i just i can't it took it took my soul i can't forgive it so for me to like re, re go back and rewatch, it's i i stop it at end of season four and i'm and i'm done but i do remember when when again we, we got to go back in time now like those first initial thoughts and i'm like well, I could spoil things on on here regarding. Oh yeah, it's right. Been a while, right? Okay, yeah, like Ned Stark beheading. If you haven't beheading. seen it, then then. I mean, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Ned Stark's beheading at the end of season one was like really shocking moment in television. I would say, like, yeah, not a lot of TV shows kill off main character, and he is positioned as a main character. He's positioned in a book as a main character. He has quite a bit of chapters, and he just he's sort of in the story quite a lot. And you're thinking there's a certain like structure to this there's a certain formula to, formula to this and boom he he dies and he mm -hmm. doesn't even die in his own chapter his own pov he's being watched by his seven-year-old daughter <laughs> like it's just those wow. are the things that like yeah that's crazy right yeah it is uh so to me like i think the show was on a really good track up until they ran out of source material and you can tell the disconnect yeah, you can. And then later on, like hindsight is twenty twenty. Again, you learn different details about what took place. There's rumors of uh, George Martin being unhappy with some of the story choices they cut out for him, like Lady Stoneheart, which is like resurrected Catelyn Stark. That was important to him. Yeah, and I was looking forward to that. I saw like Me the too. theories oh, around God. the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a big one. Like I was online after right after Red Wedding, like on different forums, and we're like speculating what's gonna happen. Is Castor gonna show up? Like we're going to see Arya and Nymeria. Like, what is going to be, like, Brotherhood and all that? And then all of a sudden, they they omitted it completely. completely. I'm like, like, that stuff is important. Like, resurrection is not something that should be taken lightly. Like, to bring people back from death is right. not something that is going to be just, oh, my God, I woke up. Let's go about our day. Exactly. It's exactly what happened later on with Jon Snow. Like, like he woke up from being I saw resurrected. You, you did a video on that today, right? It was today. Right. I was I talking about that, that today. Yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah. woke up and he went about his day. It was like, no, death God. has consequences. Like, waking up from death has consequences. So, for me, it just, not only did they take, a, take away some of the certain story aspects and some of the characterizations, added a, a whole lot of unnecessary nudity and sexual violence that to me was completely unnecessary like and they're not present Roz. in the book like the, the no way that i mean you have it you have it don't get me wrong books are violent and they are violent towards towards women it's just you you kind of have to center yourself and be mindful of what you're reading so like i am 
I know what I'm reading. I know what I'm getting myself into. I know my triggers. I know what upsets me. So I always tell that to people. This is a dark fantasy, which is why I haven't gotten into it earlier. I heard there's a lot of sexual violence towards women. There's just a lot of violence in general, not just that. Right. So um, the show kept like doubling and tripling down. Even in early seasons, there was just so a whole lot of weirdly gratuitous nudity, like Peter Baelish in the brothel watching the two sex workers going at each other. Like, wh- why is that in this? In this? Right. It just, like, like, it was very I strange. Just... Like. I guess it added some like some depth and some um, perspective toward Peter Baelish as a as a sick man, which is what what he is ultimately, right? But uh, I don't. I I think there were other ways to go about it. Right. No. I I would agree to a. I would agree to a certain extent, but like Baelish is not positioned that way in the story. He is a master manipulator. And he's very clever about it. Like, that's his whole shtick. Right. His obsession with Kat Stark is very prominent, which he sort of, like, translates onto, onto her daughter. It's a very strange dynamic. He could, like, a father figure, but he's also viewing her through a very weird lens as well because yeah. she's daughter of the woman that he's obsessed with. And so, so in the books, um, I want to ask because mm-hmm. I haven't read them, are, yeah. are his feelings toward um, Catelyn Stark, like, are they genuine? Like, are they really romantic? Or is it just, like... um? A distortion like um, perspective that he has from the past, from from when he was younger. I believe they're genuine. You you do. I do. I do. I, and I think that's important because that sort of drives a whole lot of his motivations. Like for him taking like the river run and the north and the the the, um, the veil, like those things are tied into his history with Cat Catelyn, yeah. and her parent. Yeah, with Catelyn. So. I believe that they were genuine. I believe whether he was infatuated or it was true love, I think those feelings were real for him. And I think they were genuine. So when somebody says you're not good enough for her <laughs> and they sort of treat you as like a nobody, which is why sort of him carving his own destiny in a world that rejected him is a very interesting thing about this character. As despicable as he is, he's sort of p- paving his way in a world it that rejected admirable, him. It is admirable, yeah. Very much so. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hate the character. Like, I hate <laughs> right. Peter Baelish as a character. Like, yeah. but he's fascinating. I every time he's on the page, it's a fascinating thing. Just like various, just like any character that knows too much, but he's not granted a POV. So it gets a little bit difficult when you give a character a POV on a TV show because you never had it before. You are observing them from somebody else, right. and now you get to be in their head, which is why the whole scene between like Cersei and Peter Baelish. Like ladder, not ladders of power. Power is power. The whole speech was just complete utter nonsense. You didn't <laughs> like, like it. I know it's a no. It's a very much girl, a, a girl um, boss moment. Like you go, oh, girl, right. yes, queen moment. I don't, which I, I don't like that. Like you can tell they're ham fisting that whole strong female character. Like right. I know when I'm being patronized. Like to me, that seems a bit patronizing yeah, because. Because Peter Baelish wouldn't, how would you approach a queen in her own house and accuse her of screwing her brother? You wouldn't. I mean, no, you, you no don't do that. Right. <laughs> not, in, not in the context of this world. Even small, like House of the Dragon should be the biggest example of what I'm talking about. Even mere rumor can cost you your tongue, your life. Have suggestion your face. Of, yeah. Correct. Like even just <laughs> barely suggesting it, a rumor is treason against a crown. You know what I mean? So like, like House of the Dragon really drives that point, um, which I which I like because it's true. Like that's how it is. You can't just randomly accuse the the crown of crimes. You have to prove it. Number one, 
there's all these different things. So you have to be like, there's consequences for words. So for me, that, that's why that scene in the show didn't quite work. But House of the Dragon does a really good job with, hey, don't, <laughs> otherwise. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that sense of realism in a way. Because it Correct, is realism. Yeah, yeah like, um, and I think a certain, like, I think Game of Thrones in at times it can suffer mm -hmm. from its realism in the sense that when it tries yeah. to balance the fantasy with the with um not to repeat myself but with the realism that it's such an appeal right, to, right. to a lot of people and but yeah that's one of those things that you need it otherwise like not even in fantasy yeah it, it just it your suspension of disbelief is is impacted and negatively i think well but i mean yeah. Lord of the Rings is your biggest example of why you have to have a healthy mix and balance of like high fantasy, but also it's those moments that are the most human that people remember, like in the Sam and uh, Frodo moments, Aragorn's big speeches, Gimli and, you know, like uh, Legolas, like their friendship that just sort of blooms from the sort of enemy to friend kind of um, place. Those are the things that we enjoy. And then you have Balrog, then you have Mordor exactly. and Sauron and all it cool swords and like um, um, uh, Mithril and all those all those amazing things that sort of kind of build that world. But it's the human moments. It's my, politics less so uh, on here, which is, again, what is Fire George R. Martin do? A Song of Ice and Fire is like uh, Tolkien did a beautiful fantasy, but I'm curious about taxes. Let me write a song <laughs> right, about right. how would Aragorn and Arwen imp uh, distribute taxes, <laughs> tax code in their kingdom. <laughs> yeah, but that's why it works, but, I think. That's why it works. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you're saying, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. It's just, mm -hmm. the, even though it's this um, like grand spectacle of fantasy and magic and, and armies and war, mm -hmm. they are anchored by just uh, their humanity. And that what, that's what make it, makes it relatable. And without that sense of re relatability, I want to say that it just it, it's not the same. Otherwise, you get no. other stories like um, I don't want to compare, but like the like the Narnia movies and st stuff like that that just yeah they, they don't have that balance. And ultimately, no, they're right. you can enjoy example. you can enjoy yourself. It's not like they're unwatchable, but it's not the same. You, you won't get hooked like like you do with these other things. No, I mean that's why like Lord of the Rings and even even out. I'll say Game of Thrones, they will they stand test of time on those things. They do. You know what I mean? Because you are able to balance out high fantasy with human stories. And then a Song of Ice Fire does it a little bit more obviously more darkness and more intimate violence, more so than Tolkien did, which again, different stories, obviously, different types of fantasy. So but yeah. um House of the Dragon, I think it's so far it's doing an okay job in terms of like because there's a lot of dragons during this era. This is the most dragons that Westeros has ever seen. Like their population boomed um, in the last 20 years during that era. So um, there, we're going to see five more from what I understand in season two. The only thing that I would not complain, it's, I don't want to use that word, maybe like up the saturation a little bit. Like these are, they're colorful, they're bright. They are like live action tv shows are really afraid of color it is kind right. of like hilarious to me like even lord of the rings movies they're dim they're very like beige they they're very blue and they're very like you know there's not a lot of contrast there not a lot of like something that catches your eye and same with the song of ice and fire like the beautiful bright dresses the lemon trees the colorful dragons like there's a cobalt blue dragon they were is? supposed to see next season. Yes, Tassarian. Oh. He's beautiful. Like every know, artwork. Uh, Laner's dragon, I think, was the, mo the most colorful, wasn't he? The the smoke. Uh, sea smoke was great. Sea smoke. One, I thought it was. Yeah, I like sea smoke a he lot. Is it? Right. Like, um, uh, 
a little wider, right? Yeah, he, he looked at least to me. But uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying. They are, and and mm -hmm. don't get me started on what's that director, the one that directed the Long Night, and then the uh, don't even <laughs> say the name. I, I mean... uh, Miguel Miguel Sapochnik or I mean... Sapochnik. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He doesn't like light. <laughs> no, he hate he hates it. it. It's not that he doesn't like it. He hates it. Apparently, he really hates light. Wow. Like the, the the funniest part. I can't get over. I talked about it before on my on my TikTok channel. Um, the scene of Rhaenyra and Daemon on the beach, which is their like big moment when they finally get together yes. after all these years. Like, look at the promo photos. Official, not fan art, not like clips that people capture tourists, but official photo they're in broad daylight right. you can see and then look compared to the scene like it's insane to me like I just imagine I him on set while while editing like no this won't work no not dark enough thumbs down yeah send it back send it back i don't i think i don't get it i think it's a sign of lack of confidence in in the in your scene you know what i mean you try what are you trying be. to hide i i that's what i really like what are you hiding yeah, it might what, be. What's I mean, being hidden here? I don't know. Because, like, especially I mean, when you're directing big battle scenes and you turn down the saturation, you turn on the brightness, and like you can't see any of it. Like right. anything. Like Game of Thrones later on, later seasons, those scenes were way too freaking dark. Like you couldn't see anything. Like, what are you trying to hide? <laughs> I, I remember. I don't know if it was him or, or or it was fans, but I remember one of the like the rationales for for that was that like. No, but you gotta get it like in you gotta relate to the characters like they can't see shit this or that but like mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't mean that we can't see shit because what's the point then right what is the point right. <laughs> that is mean... just, i'm sorry i don't buy it no, that is the oh, stupidest rationale you're filming for the audience like why would a character care what the, the audience is experiencing exactly. like, we want to see what they're experiencing i, mean, I remember that getting my brightness up to like almost the max me too and and I and it still it looked so bad because I mean the, like the TV itself was overcompensating for for all the darkness okay. and it just I mean take Helm's Deep for example in the Peter Jackson trilogy oh the yeah, battle yeah, takes yeah, yeah. place at night that's one of the greatest battles uh, objectively right uh, I mean not objectively Two but Towers is my acclaimed. favorite it is I mean it, I think it's the most popular mm -hmm. it's um, too good it's just too good it's perfect I think it just it balances <laughs> the like the that sense of fellowship from the first one and then he has that that battle in action from the last one and i think that's why it, why it thrives so much but, but even yeah, like you still can't see what's going on in exactly. that exactly and, and it's dark. like everything like it's really dark but i mean but you can see because i mean you're watching a movie you need to see what's going on <laughs> right. and, oh, I, I i don't know i hate it i remember when the, they were at the funeral um it was um was it viserys's funeral or laner's in in dragon was it dragonstone or was it driftmark uh episode. probably, probably oh, no, maybe it, it was um laner's wife uh, um sister oh yeah lena when she yeah on driftmark it, it was, that yeah, was yeah. the episode right mm -hmm, I yeah think. from the moment like night starts to fall like they had those torches on the yeah, you're right they, they like what 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 were they there for because um, <laughs> you still couldn't see. It's been a while since I rewatched House of Dragon. I haven't had time. I'm waiting for it to get closer to season two. Then I'm going to do the oh, whole right. thing. But you're right. Why did it have torches in the middle of the day? Like, from there's no mosquitoes. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I 
good just, point. That's a good that point. Too. I loved it, but 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 it's still, it still it didn't make a, a lot of sense to me. But yeah, That's um, funny. so I know how how you left off with Game of Thrones, like that um, bad mm -hmm. breakup, <laughs> so to speak. It was a bad breakup. Yeah. yeah. So when House of Dragon was announced, I know you. I assume you were skeptical, but like, how bad was it? How were you feeling when it was nearing? So, like, I heard rumors, but you never know. Like, people were like, oh, oh, this this is coming, this is coming. Half the stuff is, like, shelved, never sees day of light. Right. So, and I, I try not to get too, like, invested into anything until I see it. Oh, it's actually being in production right now. Or, like, in post-production or something like that. You know what I mean? There's actual yeah. staff and it's being greenlit. So, when I heard, my first thought was, oh, God, <laughs> not again. <laughs> but, but then, like, I, I really thought about it and I'm like, we are going back like 130 years prior to the events that we know. So there is an opportunity here. I don't want to say course correct because you can't put toothpaste back in the tube, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> you can't unscramble the egg. Um, but I thought maybe, maybe in some shape or form could be some sort of retribution or some sort of a, an, like a nod to Daenerys if we do her family's history like if we introduce more dragons and during that era a little more fantasy and I'm like I'm like HBO has the money um they, they can get the most talented staff and they do. <laughs> uh and they do and first few seasons of Game of Thrones were really good there's some really good dialogue there I mean and, I, and I've read Fire and Blood a bunch of times and I think it's very adaptable there's just so many cool events a lot of cool battles a lot of cool speeches and dialogues um, like brimming with dragons and fantasy, obviously. Right. So, and I'm like, I'm such a fan of this world. I want to see all kinds of parts of it adapted, but I'm also really scared. I really am. I, I hold my breath because so much of the fantasy lately is being, in my opinion, bastardized. <laughs> um, the Witcher. Like the Witcher, like from what I'm hearing, Wheel of Time is not, but <laughs> was you it, know, was it, um, I loved Wheel of Time, but I, I've, I've never read the book, so I, I couldn't say if it's a good a adaptation, gotcha. but the show, but on itself, on its own, I loved it. Okay. Okay. Well, like, yeah. I, like I haven't, I've only seen like a few episodes. Um, it just wasn't for me. I may go back and revisit oh, yeah. it again. Maybe it'll, it'll, it'll grab me. Um, but from what I'm hearing, they took a lot of liberties and changed a lot of mm -hmm. things about it as well. The Witcher is another example. Like, I don't know if you watched the Blood Origin yet. Yeah, I completely... refuse to. I refuse don't. to. Don't please it's... don't. The trailer alone and the like the promotion pictures like. I can't believe that Michelle Yeoh for this. Like you have Michelle Yeoh and you blew it. I can't. Oh. It just it looked. Awful. That was the only reason I watched. Um, yeah, it looked it's pretty bad. But <laughs> ignoring the bad special effects, ignoring how goofy it looks. I don't know if that's the right word. Like it they, is. they they broke lore like big time right don't watch it it'll, it'll make you mad <laughs> i believe so there's you. just so there's just in my opinion there's like so much let's people are taking way too many liberties with with known fantasy to interject their own stories or whatever into it and for me it just doesn't work like you have the the crux of this you're taking out the crux of the story which is just which is the foundation the the, the ground right. like even rings of power is fine do i think it's outstanding am i gonna remember it like i remember every single fucking detail from lord of the rings no <laughs> you know what oh. i mean like it's fine again uh -oh. I, I, I love it <laughs> i just i love it. you know i hate all i hate everything that everybody hates like all the deviations and and how many times they just did their own thing and i just recorded mm -hmm. another episode with um with luke from the pot once 
Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. I so it. I just recorded an episode about the Rings of Power with them, and it's gonna air like this following week, or, okay, okay. or last week by the time people are seeing this episode. <laughs> but what uh, do you do? You put this on YouTube so I can find you. Yeah, I will. I will yeah, put okay, it up okay. on YouTube, the like this video format, but then it's gonna be available on Pandora, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Okay. If you if cool. you like to listen to it. Yes. But yeah, I'm, and I'm actually. This is like a my comeback or the podcast um comeback. I just I mean hurricanes, earthquakes, house fires, like literally. It just Oh my god. <laughs> it, it, it's been I mean it's been an awful two years. I mean a lot of good has happened too, right? But um as far as my career Also bad. My, I'm really sorry. No, it, I mean shit happens. I mean I'm thankful that I'm yeah. here now and I and I hope that uh that it can really take off this time, right? Cuz cuz it was I mean shit happened but right when uh I was like, yeah. I mean, like top 100 in on this one week as far as listeners. And, and I mean, it, it sounds minor, right? But I mean, they are no, mi no, no. milestones. So uh, this but, is huge. I'm sorry. It's yeah, huge. Not no, minor at all. <laughs> it happens. But yeah, where was I? Um, yeah, it's going to be on YouTube uh, and anywhere that you can Great. listen to them. Great. But, uh, and also, um, I know we're we're tr we're gonna try to keep um to stay on the one hour mark for today. But um, yeah, if yeah. For other episodes that like exceed an hour or perhaps an hour and a half, I mm -hmm. like um, I edit them down and then like the the longer versions or extended versions because I mean Lord of the Rings, right? They extended extended version. They they're available extended on the, <laughs> right on my fellowshipoffandoms.com dot website. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, um, yeah. Um. But uh, I know it was. Going... I don't mean to. I don't mean to be negative. Like when I'm talking about you, The Witcher, or like Wheel of Time, or a lot of I just like I don't want viewers to think like I hate all of these. I don't. It's just do I think they should stick maybe with how book canon is? Yes. Um, that's just I am of that opinion. Like the source material is good for a reason. Why mess with right. it? It's, it's, and, and where I'm must, at. So. Because I said this um on the with Luke on Rings of Power. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have to, right? Because sometimes a lot of these things they don't translate to the screen, and that's that, that's just the truth. Sometimes it just 100%. if you do it, like you're gonna you're gonna de derail the train, and it just um you don't know where it's gonna be headed. Like you just you can't adapt every single thing. But oh, other times there are things that you could easily adapt and it's like why are you not doing it like why are you just changing it up so drastically because i mean that that's the word for it they just they do their own thing and i think you've said this i, I know i've said it a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of people have why not just make your own um fantasy right your fantasy yeah, yeah. Um, fiction world and if you and if you have the rights to say a son of ice and fire maybe mm -hmm. just if you just liked the like the world building so much right the, like the science of it all the not science yeah, yeah. The, the magic of it all then just create your own original story in right. that world if you have to right because we're at that point that, where like they Witcher, apparently for example. exactly <laughs> like they that's the biggest the example name right now of the characters and are just doing that that's it that's it and that's and, it uh, and i don't know i don't know but yeah, Rings of Power. I hate everything that everybody else hates, but I just I don't know. I loved it. I don't know if because if it's because I love Middle Earth so much and it and I'm finally back. I might That's be it. biased, but uh, I don't know. A lot of it just it just nostalgia is a powerful drug. It nostalgia is. is a powerful. That's how Fire uh, um, House of the Dragon felt for me. Like getting back into the this world after however many years since Game of Thrones season finale, which was bitter. Don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> right. still remember. 
Sorry about my cat. She oh, is no. insufferable. <laughs> we'll tag her as a as a guest as well on the on the episode. <laughs> she's always in my life. She's my lap cat, and it always oh, does this when I'm doing a podcast. I need a pet, man. I, I just I want one. It's been a while. I had to give away my I... dog because um. Oh no. Uh, she's she was a husky, and so you know that they, every single one of them has like separation anxiety. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And instead of barking, they just howl. And you oh can yeah, no, I've seen videos. <laughs> like you can, you can be a mile away, and if they're really howling, you can still hear them. And That's the neighbors, insane. the neighbors, they just—I remember they were—they just threatened to call the police every single day. Like, and I mean, I couldn't be with the dog every single day, every single time, right? Because I mean, I have to work. You have, have a life, right? And but I mean, she didn't understand that my dog. But but yeah, I had oh to give goodness. her away, and it, uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's a. I it's an open I recommend. Wound. I recommend these guys because they are very self-contained um, and independent, yeah, and they you can leave them all day. <laughs> they they don't very... like me though. They I don't know if if they know something about me that, <laughs> but uh, they don't like me. You just haven't come across the right cat. Let me tell uh, you. You know I did. Um, my my in-laws, my my mm -hmm. wife's um father, they mm -hmm. they have cats. They have like cats and dogs. They have it, all all sorts of things. They they awesome. now have chickens and sheep and sheep even I mean they're uh Love it. they're so they have a whole farm. <laughs> yeah yeah and but um how do you say this um they have cats and they had like four cats at the time three of them absolutely hated me one of them her name was Tuna she just she fell in <laughs> love, love that with name. me yeah it was it was funny anytime I heard it but she fell in love with me first but I was skeptical because I mean cats hate me so I hate them right. Oh, I see. I but, see. Uh, but yeah, she she stole. You're going my heart. off of the previous presses, right? I gotta match their their energy, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. So, once, what are some of the most memorable moments from House of the Dragon for you? Um, let's see. Well, I can't remember every episode name off the top of my head. I mean, I have a good memory, not that good of a memory. So, you know, I never, I will have to. I never learned them. <laughs> I gotta come clean. I just. <laughs> I just let me let me. I should have been ready. I apologize because I was no, working my way right. around. Like, the... and, and and it doesn't have to be like the the episode itself. Just like maybe a scene that you that just stuck with you. Um, what sticks to me to this date, and whenever I see an edit of it, um, Viserys smiling at the last dinner before he dies. Wow, when he looks at his family. Mm -hmm. That to me probably the top moment of the show it just and that it was the same him. episode where he walked um toward um Correct. Rhaenyra, right? Rhaenyra and, and the kids yeah oh, i was like i mean that episode it, it broke me it filled my heart with warmth the fact that he was a piss poor king i mean he was a he was a weak king if we're being honest mm -hmm. he i mean he right. wasn't he i mean he cherished peace and that's obviously a good thing but he didn't have the strength to like keep the peace which is what right. uh, what everybody was saying, but he was a great father in that you can't. I mean, to Rhaenyra, because I mean, he, Correct, his other yeah, sons yeah. may may have felt the the abandonment sort of, but to Rhaenyra, boy, was he a great father. He uh, like he that was his little like a little baby girl, you know what I mean? Like he was. being that she's daughter with his beloved wife Emma Aaron. Um, Come on, move away, please. She keeps scratching me. I apologize. Yeah, you're fine. Um, the the fact that she's Emma's daughter, I think that's a that's a, a big, big factor, deal too. Yeah. It's a huge, really huge factor because it was a love match um, with her. So it, 
with um with that episode it's the only time that anything nice is gonna happen for a while you know what i mean like so hindsight for me is always like i believe there you. yeah so it's gonna get so bad <laughs> like really I mean, really really we're getting stark so so that's uh mm -hmm. i mean i'm team stark all that the way. part is cool oh yeah me too yeah i mean i know i there's a lot of dragon memorabilia <laughs> oh, yeah, wall yeah. and all that because that's, that's i love the that by the way your background i, I love it oh yeah uh yeah just like funkos and oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> books and all that but um starks are gonna uh, my biggest like excitement part for the season two and moving right. forward uh just because we're so close they, they are they were like as close to a hero that you can have in this story like george armani is very much clear who he's positioning in the role of a hero right um, and they're the Starks and the kids, especially. So um, I love them. It, it, I love love it. Yeah, me too. I mean, like everybody, a... I mean, we love mm -hmm. our Tyrion Starks. We love our our Jamies of the. I mean, Comple complex ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that ultimately mean well. But uh, I mean, every, mm -hmm. every every story needs a hero, right? I mean, correct. It does. Even, even to root somebody to root for, something to root for. Right. So family and honor being huge part of that of those of those family that family name so you can associate those sort of qualities with the starks right. and i think it's important especially in this in a fantasy that is so dark that is so violent right. and so filled with a lot of evil people and even like in even yeah. morally ambiguous people like you know theon Greyjoy and jamie lannister come to come to mind always like you don't know where that coin is gonna land with them right. what they're gonna do next so starks definitely are being positioned as heroes and i think they're going to be the biggest aspect of season i don't know how much they're going to be in season two now that i really think about their involvement in the war it's more towards like a, i don't want to spoil the show obviously or events of the book so but the way the season uh one ended with rhaenyra sending jaceris up north to uh nego not negotiate to get um uh, craig and stark and his um uh, and and, uh, and the northmen on her side so I am assuming we're meeting <laughs> Craig in at least midway right. point next season. That's my um, expectation. So, but I think uh, it'll be very fun to go back to Winterfell. Oh, like, I need to can go you back. imagine? <laughs> like, I goose, I got goosebumps. Yeah, right I now. try not to because otherwise, I just I can't think of anything else. I remember when the show ended, like mm -hmm. going online and people saying like, "Yeah, we're getting Winterfell," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I, like, I didn't think that we were actually going. I know he was going up north and to the Starks, but I. I, I didn't know that that they played a big like a uh -huh. maybe not a big part but a part in the story and so i'm looking forward to that and i think like if they're gonna change anything i think it could be their involvement because i mean everybody loves the stark the starks maybe and just from, like, a a, yeah so from a business standpoint like it'll draw in more viewers and i'm i'm trying to like fool myself into believing that every day a little bit more because i need it you know like i'm trying again i'm trying not to go into the details of it i kind of no, we'll save that for like a spoiler talk for another okay. video. I don't, I don't okay. like, I'm afraid something's going to slip and it's not going to be fun for the listener or the, okay, and the viewer. Okay, perfect. But um, uh, it, so... going back to the season one, like um, um, out, Viserys smiling, that specific moment, him walking into the, the, the throne room to defend Rhaenyra. Like that episode is just in general is the best episode of the season, in my opinion. I think so. Uh, let's see. I've been, I enjoyed a lot of the scenes with... Uh, um, with Damon, I do. Like he is a standout character to me, and Matt Smith I hate is. Him. I know you're <laughs> supposed to, but right. also at the same time, you should you should find him 
fascinating. I that yeah. that's how that's how George Martin is writing. Damon he listed him as one of his favorite Targaryens, and he makes sure to for the reader to know he's in a gray area. He can do great things and he can do really bad things. I have a feeling the show maybe tried to villainize him a bit more, in my opinion, in some of the aspects, made him like really, really like very violent. Like right. when he's choking Rhaenyra, oh, that's that. not that's not in the text. That's never been suggested. He's very much like all about her, even right. though he has that's, other that's lovers the, and all the of that. that I had. Right, even though he has other lovers next to her, you know what I mean? Like later on in, in life, at least in the text, but like they changed that and they had her choking him, uh, uh, him choking her. her. Yeah. Um, that took me really out. Like, but all, it's also a sort of in character that w- in the show, at least the way he's being positioned. Right, I mean, I just didn't. I, I could see him doing that, but just not to her. Mm-hmm. Like from from episode one, because I, I remember I told you that I was going to rewatch the show. I I didn't get the chance mm-hmm. to, but I, I I saw most of episode one, and uh, so yeah, from the first time that they're on screen together when she walks into the throne room, like you can see that that he he has a soft spot um for her, and that, affection from like Gago, yeah, right, and that's that's present in every single episode. Up until episode mm-hmm. six, even, and then he just like, I don't know that approach that he had. Uh, I, I don't know. I hate. I hate. And when him. she was, yeah, I, I'm a dominator. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's totally reasonable and totally fair. Um, I but love Matt Smith. I love his. his I like the portrayal that. of him. Yeah. Um, and things are just gonna get kind of worse moving forward, obviously. But um, Matt Smith to me is just a, such a standout. Like he's a great actor. He, he really is, and he really em- em- embodies every role he that he takes. Yeah, it's and I can't imagine how difficult it can be to shed the, like the Doctor Who persona, especially the very like hipster Doctor Who. Like, like everybody right. knows <laughs> that everybody knows his Doctor. So I think for him to shed that image finally through like even Morbius and other roles he's taken, minor or big, and now this Morbius. one, this one's probably his. <laughs> yeah. I know, I like it, we've all suppressed it all up from yeah, our head, but I he was so. he's. Like if you're a standout in it, he was a highlight. If you're a standout in a film with Jared Leto, that tells a lot about you. Right, right, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, and I mean, I don't hate nor love Damon. Like I, I tiptoe with him. It's just he can do a great thing. He can do a bad thing. Like the only, to me, just choking Rhaenyra really like took me out. Can I see him doing it? Well, yeah, he murdered his first wife, which right. again he didn't do in this book. So now. He's being positioned as a wife killer of the of the marriage in the book. Um, well, Rhea Royce, she falls; it she dies in an accident while While he's riding. Yeah, while riding a while a horse riding, and he's in stepstones during that time, like which is all the quite further away. Like when, and then he hears the news that you know he that Rhea died, and then he goes literally moments after goes to Lane and marries her. Because he's with Corlys Valarian at that time, you know, battling the the pirates and all that in the Stepstones. Right. So Rhea dies in uh, Vale, as far as you know, she fell, and that's it. Like there was never a suggestion in the in here. And I went back, and I'm trying to see if uh, Maester Eustace in, injected something because he's super anti, like Targaryens, especially anti Rhaenyra. There's a lot of quips that he tells talks the way he talks about her, even about Damon. I'm like. Did he even merely suggest that he killed Rare Royce? Like, but here he didn't. So, and then on the show, he's a wife killer. Right. So, 
it is obviously easier to assume yes he would choke Rhaenyra he killed his wife <laughs> yeah it, it those is, are the horrible things it is in character it but... is in character but right but if you read fire and blood as you have and I have we operate on that those biases you operate within that realm to apply the, those reasonings onto exactly. the show and I'm trying so hard to separate I really am I mean the show took a lot of liberty obviously like Alison Hightower being the glaring example of massive change <laughs> from what we know versus the show <laughs> right yeah i mean but she she's compelling i'll, I'll say that i mean I, oh we olivia love to, we cook love to hate eats. Her. yeah, she yeah eats. No, I mean, anytime she's on on screen any role any any olivia cook on my screen every single time she just eats up every role and i have a feeling that she would be having so much more fun with book alice being bitchy being kind of ambitious right. and just being i have a feel she would eat that sort of confidence instead of just kind of wailing and crying yeah and self-righteous mm -hmm. because that's what she is very uh, yeah well i mean faith of the seven up like christianity like catholicism as far as i know because george right. martin is catholic inspired the faith of the seven it's right. the only one i'm trying to go back and thinking of all the religions within westeros but like seven is the only religion that doesn't have like physical manifestations of things no magic behind it oh, right <laughs> that makes sense like you have lore and lord of fire and all that the other the ice god and yeah. all the, the old Iron gods Born, the children all, of the forest and all that old, stuff yeah correct correct so seven is sort of like the only non-magical religion which right. they're definitely more faith-based and all that correct correct and it's called the faith so right um and um yeah allison then i don't remember in the book, yeah, she follows the the fate, but it's like really prominent on the show. Like the size of the seven star, like just keeps getting bigger on every yeah. dress she's wearing. And um, I do. There's parts of me that loves what Olivia Cook is doing now, and what the the writers are doing with Allison, trying to maybe humanize her a bit more, so that we can empathize with her position, and which I do. But there's other part of me that's like. Oh, this was so much more, so much better. Like <laughs> the women in this world don't have get a, don't get to have a lot of agency and that raw power. Allison has it, and like it just beams off of every page. She's mean, she's bitchy, but she commands, you know, every page. She commands actions. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like right. I kind of wish they. It, yeah, it's looming. Like when when she talks, the way she stands in the in the Green Council it's room. It's similar like, to Tywin. Like obviously not in the same sense. Like but but. <laughs> It's a presence that it just commands authority. That's actually a great comparison. A lot of people try to do like a whole. She's like Cer No, she's nothing like Cersei. Do not compare to. Uh, no, there's Cersei that, was to me like that is a pure evil. Like even the the show versions. Like obviously, I hate Allison in the show. I can't stand her. Uh, but uh, but even then, it's not the same as in Cersei. Cersei was so sadistic and just. Uh, Wow, I mean, love to hate her. Obviously, love to hate her. I mean, Obviously. she's one of those characters that you just you you, you love to see. But uh, but I don't think it's a fair comparison. No, no, I and I hate it. every time I see it. I'm like, just because I I mean, both queens and all that. But uh, but yeah, queens who operate on the side of patriarchy to undermine like, but that's really not what what's going on. Like, at least not in the book. Like, Cersei is very. If I were a man, none of this would be happening to me. Right. I am a. Like she, she, her internalized misogyny is insane. Like I love being <laughs> in her head so much. She's so bonkers and crazy. I, Cersei Lannister is some of my is one of my top five favorite characters in the Song of Ice and Fire, just because she's so bonkers. <laughs> yeah, she's she's something. She's something. She's yeah. something. <laughs>
And yeah. uh, but no, comparing Allison to Cersei is not fair. It's not. It's really not a good comparison, like at all. Um, but I do appreciate what they're trying to do with Allison on the show, while also missing the book, Allison. Right. I hope that I came across. It, yeah, I think it's working. It just um, it could it be better? I mean, uh, most times it, it can, but mm -hmm. uh, but I think I think it's working out uh, mm -hmm. a lot better than 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 a lot of other things, especially in Game of Thrones. Yeah, in that realm. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I want to ask bef because um, yeah. you touched on uh, on Queen Emma, right, and her relationship mm -hmm. with Viserys. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I managed to see when I when I attempted to rewatch the show was um, the whole Queen Emma birthing um, uh, the, her child, of course, with with Viserys and him making that choice. How did all of that? I think you were one of those because um, I followed you back when. Uh, the show was airing and i think i mm -hmm. saw your comment commentary i think it was you mm. that you were pretty um i don't i don't annoyed i want to say with the fact that they lingered on that scene and and queen emma suffering so much it was too much right i don't know any woman or femme presenting person or any person that can can be become pregnant or, or miscarry that can watch that and be comfortable with it and, not that that doesn't happen, especially like in medieval times. If you want to consider that world medieval with no anesthesia right. and, you know, male uh, uh, healers or doctors, however you want to call them, like attempting to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get the realism aspect of it, but we know that these things happen. Like we don't need to be shown constantly and shoved in our face. That it's, it went on for so long that I was so mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Um, I think we were live watching. It was Luke's uh, Pollen's podcast. We were all live watching. I could not sit through that scene. Like, I, if you watch the clip, I'm literally doing this the whole time. Mm -hmm. I get really uncomfortable with gore. Um, and then you had an, an additional element of, of violence against women, which is what it is. He killed, Viserys killed his wife. Yeah. Let's call, let's call it what it is. Um, in the book, it's literally a line. Um, Emma dies in childbirth. And the story continues. Like, it's a huge difference between reading that versus watching what it felt like 15 hours it of this poor really woman long. dying. It was too long. I was like, is this what the show is going to be doing? Like, is this how gratuitous the violence is going to be again towards women? Thankfully, that was like probably the worst worst of it. I, I don't want to. So far. Um, so far. Right. Yeah. We're about to like the war is going to. I get it. War is violent. It's dark. People are going to die. It's personal violence is always going to be a very triggering spot for me. So this should have put some sort of a trigger warning on this episode, in my opinion. They should expect have. a long birthing scene that ends in um, a miscarriage and ends up in the mother dying, being murdered essentially by her husband. And all um, choice just no, being I mean, removed no choice. from her. Yeah, completely. She, she's been tied down like like an she's animal. Begging. What broke me the bones was that she was it's begging Viserys, oh like Viserys, please. Don't. You know, the first time I watched it because I'm, I have a a strong stomach uh, in quotations, mm -hmm. right? As far as yeah, I'm yeah, watching that stuff, but uh, but it just it lingered like it it had an effect um throughout the remainder of the episode, and then just oh, yeah. seeing it again yesterday, I just yesterday I, I looked away because I try not to look away whenever I'm so because I want to see what happens, right? And I want to I want to be aware, but um, uh, of course last yesterday like i knew where it was going and i just i looked away i just i it, i don't know it just it's one of those things that i wish i i i didn't have to see and i and i didn't have need to have seen before it just 
and I'm watching not to get off topic um but uh, I'm mm -hmm. watching I don't know if you've seen it Bridgerton oh yeah I mean, <laughs> absolutely I, I was big on hating that show but uh, my wife she she got into Star oh, Wars for God. celebration right and and she she's hated Star Wars all her life and but she she got into it for me because we were going for a celebration and I said you know what I'm gonna watch Bridgerton for Bridgerton you. for you. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. <laughs> and so, but last night I was watching the episode where um I'm still the new the season, the, the Charlotte one. and no, George season. No, no Charlotte. Um, the second season of Bridgerton. Oh, Kate and Kate and Anthony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Favorite, yeah. So the when Anthony was remembering when his own mother was um in childbirth and his father had just died and he was presented with the same choice, right? And just um. Obviously, it's a different. Oh my God! Like, you're right. Holy crap! Yeah. You're right. He doesn't need an heir. He obviously he he's the heir, and he has a lot of, a lot of siblings. So he approaches that a lot differently. And I mean, he's a kid. I'm I don't know how old he was. Maybe eighteen, seventeen. He was, he was uh, Anthony he was, was young. really young when and, his father died. When he took on that responsibility right, as a head of the just household. that scene, I saw that t last night, and then earlier in the day, I had just seen Queen Emma's, and I was like, "What a contrast!" I like that Viserys. Holy you know, shit! That meme when you just show him like this. This is how you're supposed to do it. Wow! Just, damn it! It just and and even last night that was hard because I I don't I don't know. I just I hate that about. You know the past. I know everybody does, right? I mm -hmm. mean, everybody should hate it. We have those misogynist um, assholes who simply just um, revel in it. But everybody should hate how women didn't have any any say in their lives whatsoever, and that that's crazy. Right. And just, I don't know. I don't like seeing it, and, and much less so in that context. Correct. Like I mean, it's no, life I, or yeah. death. It's putting a baby. Like I know sometimes the woman when giving birth, she puts the baby first. But it's her mm -hmm. choice. There's a there's a choice that's made. It's consented decision. So exactly. that that it's moment completely removed. Correct. That moment completely removed all of any agency that Emma may have had. Any choice in the matter she might have had, she was completely taken away from her. She's literally been tied down and treated like an animal, like a birthing, like a mare. brood mare, yeah, a brood mare. essentially. So that was. And again, I don't have a problem with shows portraying those that subject matter and those scenes does it have to go on for literally 10 fucking minutes no it at didn't. what point is it at what point is it gratuitous i'm sorry for cursing it's just i remember no, like you that can. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um i just remembered watching like like what the hell is this i'm like what are we like is this is this what their show is gonna be otherwise i don't know how i can continue like i already yeah. have like such strong aversion to like in first few not even a few, like later on, even later on seasons, but in the beginning, there was a whole lot of sexual violence like towards women. That was completely unnecessary, like Joffrey beating the, the sex worker, Roz. And then there was this and rape. Her, and, her, and, and then the, the rape of the yeah. character, the rape of the characters that were never raped in the books to begin with, like Sansa and Cersei. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's an addition of those scenes to sort of almost like make these women stronger because that's essentially the message you're trying to send that they get tougher because they're raped right i'm a survivor now i've been through <laughs> right. all this i've been through like the oh my god i just want to like put my put a bullet i i it's no absolutely not like using <laughs> rape as a you. device for for my growth is fucking gross and it's utter misogyny and i can't stand it i hate but that. luckily for house of the dragon like Emma's birth was the worst of it, I would say. There's still a lot of gross violence. and uh... Yeah, but that bit, it was just gore. Mm. Gore, gore porn? That was gore. I don't, I don't 
gore porn. Gore porn. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know any other way to describe it because it, it didn't have to if we had to see it like if the writers failed like like they had to I don't know show that to us it didn't have to go on for that long my favorite excuse is always like well you know this is what really happens to women it's like we know they said that they re- we I know. can't imagine that they said that <laughs> crazy wow. like we we know that these things right. happen. This isn't like a foreign concept. That like, was what are really you... condescending. And the worst part Super was that, that they were oblivious, oblivious to <laughs> yeah. to how condescending it was. Because they they were <laughs> they seemed like they were genuinely like showing us and teaching us, right? Like, you know, this is what happened to women. In case you didn't know, and it just right. wow. <laughs> It's like it's same with shows that um, have other like social issues, like race issues or gender issues, or right. you know what I mean. Or and then are like, well, you know, these are the things that happen, you know, to black right. people, to the to brown people. I'm like, they know. Right. Like, <laughs> it is so weird to me. Same with like the genders. Oh, women die in childbirth. Oh my God, we know that. Like, no shit, you, Sherlock. No yeah. shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, you're not yeah. teaching anything new here. So it's always to me those comments like that. Are always super condescending because they you're are. assuming that your audience is stupid you know what i mean like if you present real life issues on the screen regardless what they are that you are trying to educate you're not educating anybody we know already mm-hmm. it's a matter of it's a matter of portrayal that is in a sensitive but a respectful way like right like, that's why, like sensitivity sometimes stories need to like convey that because i mean i mean it is true that happened yeah we know and, it, and if you have to portray then you you should just do so. You should not like linger on it and just like uh, use it as an education uh, method or tool because it just it, to, that to, that right there, that right there. What you just said. Don't use it. Like don't educate me on right. these things. You are a fictional TV show. Like tell the story that you want to tell. Right. Do it in a respectful manner. Make sure your table is filled with writers that are diverse. Um, when you're telling these stories, if you're writing care, stories about disability, make sure you have disabled uh, writers on your staff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like. So those those kinds of things. So like to me, when I was watching Emma Aaron dying in that birthing scene, I was like, was there a single woman or a person with uterus that gives birth at that table writing this? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, evidently Because <laughs> if I was, I would never let that, I would never green light that. I right. would, don't get me wrong, the scene has to happen. The character has a childbirth, fine, but to linger on it for that long, it almost killed my anticipation and excitement for the show. I'm not going to lie. It threw me off. I remember I, and I talked to Luke about this yes, um, um, this week earlier, um, mm-hmm. back when Rings of Power aired, I, I'm a big fast food guy. I like junk food. So I, I prefer that instead of like, like going to a five-star restaurant and just having like a six ounce steak, which is, I mean, they taste delicious. They do. But instead of that, I you prefer you can eat a steak every night though six ounce the 30 dollars steak every nah, night no yeah, you, can, you can you can eat a, a greasy cheeseburger every night from the from the like the burger joint you can i Probably, mean you can but you shouldn't sooner. but you can yeah but but you can do it for as long as you live um but yeah so for rings of power i and i did the same thing for house of the dragon the first episode i just i went to to a fast food house of the dragon was mcdonald's and then uh uh rings of power was wendy's and i just i I bought a feast. Like I didn't eat half of it, but I just I I you know. Oh, that's funny. I just I want to. I, I'm having the time of my life. I this uh I'm a geek, and whenever I'm watching these shows, I'm just I'm I'm having the time of my life. I'm having fun, and so I wanted a feast, and I was eating my I was like nibbing on my nuggets, and then uh, 
that scene happens and i'm like uh, you know what oh, um i'm not think i'm that hungry anymore. <laughs> i'm not that hungry and um i don't think i ate uh, until like later in the night yeah yeah no i get it i totally understand but yeah i think um i think we're hitting that mark just to wrap up um what, mm -hmm, what were your yeah. overall thoughts of uh of house of the dragon i i gave the show a solid eight out of ten just because again it could be a, a biased emotional parts of me being a fan of the world reading fire and blood so many times so um, I, there's definitely those feelings those those biases um in the show if i was just a casual viewer watching maybe i would lower it a little bit the only reason for that is the structure the way the pace was moving at an atrocious speed that oh, i was right. definitely hard to catch to, to catch up what's going on with the characters and with uh uh with storylines like you want to care for the characters but when they keep cutting off character development not including enough dialogue we're not seeing those progressions because they're skipping five years 10 years like all mm -hmm. of a sudden adult a teenage character is 20 and then she's 30 she's like within like two episode span so um the pacing to me was a problem skipping the time the time skips we didn't spend any time with Harvin Strong and Rhaenyra like that was a story that oh, I would have loved man, to see develop I more that. I mean it just Again, it adds an additional layer to the issue that she's having. Like, maybe w does she love Harwin Strong? We don't know. Like, he's a nothing character in Fire and Blood. And this is a perfect opportunity to give this character something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this strongest man in Westeros. Like, let's let's work with this. Like, what I, if Rhaenyra's she seeing him. him? You know, that I choose to believe that she loved him. I, I believe she loved him. I really do. Uh, whether she loved him like Damon, because she was in love with Damon her entire life, it seems. Obsessed, but I, I would say. Like, and... And at least, at least in a book, from what I get out of Rhaenyra and Daemon dynamic, she loves how free he is to right. do whatever the fuck he wants. No restrictions, no comments. Like he, he's out there living her life. Or, or insinuated at least in the show. Definitely, and that's exactly what I was gonna say. I think they do a really good job in showing just how reckless and free he is with how he flies his dragon and tips his niece's boat to a point where you almost harm the the, the chosen heir you know yeah, what i mean right. that's crazy right the way he yeah. walks into the throne room just kind of owns it the way he just everything he does like rainier is looking at him like he can do all of these things he has no limitations no punishment no repercussions not even the sky is the limit exactly really well said so and the book did that and i think the show does that really well the way they portrayed it that dynamic Right. But then part of me is like, I think she cared for Lenor, not in a romantic sense, but they definitely had a partnership. They worked for them for so long, covering each other's backs, like living their life, enjoying parts of their life that, that they couldn't enjoy together. You know what I mean? Right. I do think she had romantic love for Harmon Strong as well. Um, again, I wish we'd have seen it. The pacing was so off and he was on screen for like five sentences. And there's that whole cup. Oh, he he really he did. In those, the, yeah, dude. But like that conversation with his father, with Lionel Strong, like about honor, like where's your honor and all this, and he's like, the my honor is protecting the woman I love and our kids. Right. He doesn't say that, but like, you have he your honor, I have it. mine, yeah. dude. Like I, that's probably my second favorite moment after Viserys' smile. You know, I, um, I didn't know show. that he was gonna die so soon. And I was like, this <gasps> is one of my favorite because I was just looking for like my favorite character, you know, as one does. <laughs> And Rhaenyra... Tarvin, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, wow. I fell into the Ned Stark trap. Big time. When he said, uh, when she gave birth to Lord Joffrey and um, they're leaving because uh, Lionel resigned or something happened. I forgot, honestly. 
And um, when she, when he says to Rhaenyra, like, next time I see her, we'll be strangers or something. I'll be a stranger when I see you. I'm like, oh my oh, God, stranger. That, yeah, that's when, when he's bid to leave for, um, for Aaron yeah. Hall, I think. And that's a huge foreshadowing because stranger in Faith of the Seven is death. So, like, they wow, tell you. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you like, made me cry. I do. Like, it. I'm, 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 my oh. eyes are getting welled up thinking about it because that Lionel strong oh, with um, you have your you have your honor and I have mine is one of my favorite moments in there because it's it just goes back to like the original book, like the first one, uh, Maester Amon talking to Jon Snow, like, what is honor? Is a son in your arms, a woman you love? Is compared to like, a woman's touch and the feel what of is a newborn it? son in your arms? Yeah. Oh my yeah i got him all over yeah my bald That's head just like oh wow no but i'm with you it right, just you right. know, he was honorable in such a selfless way which is like true honor right because all of these other characters that are honorable they they are so focused on just seeming to be honorable right. and just like presenting themselves as such and they they mean well most of the times because they are doing do. the honorable thing because they they know that it's the right thing but he he just knew that he didn't like he didn't have to look well or like um no. how do you say that to appear honorable or anything he was doing the honorable thing and that wasn't enough which is similar to at least in the shows like ned stark just like at least regarding Jon snow right then the secret the protecting the secret that he was actually um liana's so the, I, that was in the same vein, I think, and I just... Uh... I mean, in a, the, the way I think George R. R. Martin plays with those themes of honor and what they represent as far as too much honor, like, it's going to cost you, obviously. Yeah. Too little honor, like, then are you even a person at that point when you live on the fringe of nothing? Like, does anything mean anything to you? You know what I mean? Right. So you play up with that spectrum of too much honor. Like, I always use, like... And I want to make it clear, a lot of people are like, oh, Ned Stark died in, uh, in Game of Thrones because he's good and he's honorable. No, that's not why he died. Like, I keep stressing that. Like, that's not why characters die. They do because they do either stupid things or accidents happen to them. Ned Stark played a very dumb game and he lost. He fucked around yeah. and found out. Period. He it had nothing to do with it. Out. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the goodness of his heart or, uh, or how honorable he is. Like, and I, and I always use, like, Barrison Sami, for example. Like, he is the epitome of honor, like ultimate honor. He right. he protected his king no matter what. Like he if you or if you listen, your king rape and torture his wife every night and you don't stop him because again, I protect the king. But who protects the oath. queen from the king? Correct. And then like when uh Ares is captured in Duskendale, like you go back again, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like what could could have would have should have. Like you leave that old old fuck to rot and die in that dungeon you change the history of entire of the entire continent like and all you had to do was not be a hero like what compelled you to go on like a one-man mission to rescue the king like but yeah your duty is to protect the king right so you do these things and even even when he's the biggest piece of evil shit in the world that destroyed the world so there's like this ultimate honor and then you have like no honor and then, in my opinion, you have Harvin's strong honor. Right. Which is what I call him, emotional honor, I think. It's just going what, with, with your heart. Love, your family. Like, you're protecting your kids, your wife, partner, whatever, however you want to refer to her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's where he found honor, making sure they're happy, that they're safe, 
that their secrets are saved, that she's protected, that the kids are uh, well raised. That and the way he shares parenthood with uh, with Lainor to me was like to make sure that those kids grow up in the healthiest environment possible. Mm-hmm. And it's such a contrast with like Allison, who really mistreats all three of her kids. Like she's very aggressively protective over them. Which again, we love a mama bear trope. Don't get me wrong, but they they are pretty miserable they, right. they are always sad in her presence you know what i mean so especially the king like you're grooming the next king and you look at him look what's become of him right. <laughs> maybe maybe you reflect back just a little go back like like what, what's happening here if this just is who you chose a, to be the end. hard look oh, long take a hard, hard look. look in the mirror yeah mm-hmm. Correct, correct. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't want to keep you any longer. So just to close no. off, um, my thoughts on the show, I just I loved it. To be honest, I just it reminded yeah. me of uh season one of Game of Thrones, all that dialogue, all that of um just world building that just pulls you in and just like it, it puts a lock on you and, and just won't let go. I, I felt that with House of the Dragon season one. And mm-hmm. I just I love the they have a bigger budget, right? And we we didn't have to wait up until season four for like these big action um, scenes and the the dragons and all this. You know, I loved it. It just the show it pulled on my heartstrings. It did, and just a and Rhaenyra. I don't know. I just I think she's Rhaenyra gonna be my clo- my closing argument. Rhaenyra. I don't need to say anything more. That's it. Oh well. She she is mother. <laughs> she Hello. is. Wow. She is mother. I mean, and. I love and her when you more get than it. Daenerys. I, you know, I just, I do. Oh, interesting. I, I love her. I love Daenerys, but I just, she doesn't, I don't know if it's that I love Amelia Clark and just, I can see her in yeah, Daenerys, yeah. you know, and she's like a teddy bear in, in a way, but Rhaenyra, she's just like, I don't know, she's power. <laughs> she is very, she, yeah, again, without spoiling, like things are going to get a little more tougher moving forward but Rhaenyra will always have a very very special place in my heart regardless of what she does right just because she sort of paves the way right for future things that happen within the kingdom and she runs so, so that the nurse can fly essentially essentially yeah. there's sort of a precedent there like things may have not ended great you know like I'm not, this isn't a spoiler again. If you've seen Game of Thrones, you know that all of the dragons have been dead for hundreds of years. Right. There's a reason for that. Um, so um, I think there's a purpose to Fire and Blood being written in what, 2018, like before Winds and Dream comes out. I don't think George Martin does anything, you know, not deliberately. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. why would he publish this 800 page history book about this family? And, there are themes in it, strong themes, especially, you know, with dragons being born during, like, Rhaenyra's mm. era. There's no... During her era, most uh, eggs hatched. You know what I mean? Like, mm, I don't yeah. want to go into spoilers, but, like, there's they, these little lore bits, little magic bits that I think show is not going to go into. I've already accepted the fact that they're just not going to dwell into dragon lore and all of the magic aspects of my song of myself. I've accepted it, which is fine. I'm just curious, like, if you you love it, and I'm so glad, like I said, for me, solid 8 out of 10. The time jumps, were they jarring to you? Was oh, it too yeah. much? They were They were one okay. of, the, like, the biggest gripes. If, if okay, there, okay. There, there's something that I didn't like and, like, I passionately didn't like about the show, it was that. Okay, once all that, right. So pretty much everybody's on the same page then. Right, from what, yeah. From my once, once they ended, you know, I, 
I don't know if I, this is like the right way to express it, but I could breathe and just like sit back and take <laughs> the story in, you know, okay, because all right. I was just like, um, I don't know, trying to keep track of everything. Wait, how many years was it? Wait, what's going on? What happened with this one? Like, why is he so and different? They, and they have, yeah. correct. And they have like actress changes. Right. You know what I mean? And it's not that, like I got confused because, you know, I'm, I'm reading the articles. I know what's, what's like, who's going to play who. Right, but, right. But even then, it just, uh, I don't know. I wasn't fully immersed till they stopped or when they were like paused. Because I think before they stopped, there, there was like a two episode um period like sort of like stayed in the same like time frame or whatever i think so mm -hmm. if the, at least the time jump was minimal i think yeah and we're done with it which is good yeah it's, like moving forward because i it was hard to keep up even even for me i like I said, i've read fire and blood like four times like I, <laughs> right. I know this book very intimately but even with the show like i just it was hard to keep up like and I knew that the uh, the actor changes were coming. Um, Emma Darcy coming in for Amelia Alcock. I knew that was going to happen, but it's just I could have used more time with both actors. You know what I mean? Uh, like, and it's sad that um, that they just confirmed that they won't be back, not even for flashbacks. And I hate mm -hmm. flashbacks, but because yeah, I was starting to build that relationship with them, I just this mm -hmm. is one of those cases when I'm like, you know, this it could, I could use do with a flashback. Yeah. It, it could it would build a character right. a little bit more. Yeah. Like, yeah. And sort of like again, connect the two further, like try, um, reconcile the two, the two actresses with the, with the two actors with the with the same character. But one right, thing right. that I want to like say as well is uh, yeah. Viserys and Damus's relationship. Like Ooh, that's one of the things one. that that sort of like make me kind of like ease up on Damon. And it's like he was. I mean, he wasn't the best brother because he was really selfish and he was really ambitious and he was at times insensitive as well. But, uh, but he still, like, he loved Viserys and that was evident. Like, he was there when he counted, I want to say. Here's what I might take away with Damon because I always, you always question about his motives, especially like either when it comes to Viserys or, or, or Rhaenyra. But that episode, when they visit Viserys for the first time to introduce the grandkids um, right. to him, um, he's sitting on a chair talking to Rainier about something, and then Allison walks in. And the first thing he does is like, I see you took down all of my family's memorabilia and mm. replaced it with Faith of the Seven. To me, that was the moment that it clicked to me what, what this character is actually about, what Daemon Targaryen is about. This is absolutely living that their old way their ancient preserving the ancient valerian right. ways he talks to rainier and high valerian he brings her jewelry made of valerian steel they get married in valerian wedding ceremony um somebody pointed out this was like a few weeks ago i have to find this so i can confirm it so please don't hold me 100 on it that oh, she buried her daughter rainier buried her daughter visenya around the same spot where she married Damon and oh, wow. buried her in Valyrian fashion. Um, obviously buried her mother in Valyrian fashion with yeah. dragon fire. Like Damon is so adamant of, of preserving, I think those aspects of their culture that's sort of been over the, over the generations has been slowly fading. washed off. Yeah. Fading, watered away, like the language, the customs and all of that, which again, these are not positive customs. Incest is not a positive, but again, they're their customs. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not gonna, 
that that's what they want to preserve what they've been practicing for thousands of years we have to keep that historical the empathy historical cool. but yeah Correct. that empathy present because i mean they believe even, even they believed when, it they believed it and that's if he, and he, he seems so adamant on preserving that uh, again, it's why he marries Lana Valerian. They are Valerians. Why he right. couldn't stand being married to Rhea Royce. She's not a Valerian. <laughs> Literally, first moment he had to marry an, a Valerian, somebody with Valerian uh, bloodline, he went to Lana Valerian. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, she passed and then he married his niece. But like even even uh, the episode where he says, uh, give Rhaenyra to me. Let me marry her. Let me take her to Dragonstone and marry her in the style of our house. Right. Like, that whole character is all about preserving their the families. Yeah. The old ways, the legacy, however you want to put it. Like, because again, it's been slowly washed away. And then he goes back to Red's Keep where his brother is. And there's like all seven stars everywhere and like all of their tapestries and all of their Targaryen um, imagery gone. Mm -hmm. Like all those. So to me, that's what that character is about. I think he loves Viserys. I think he cares for Rhaenyra. But ultimately, I think he loves his own origins, his own family's history, right. his own we are blood of the dragon aspect more than the dynasty, anything. right? The Dargarian dynasty. That's it. That's it. That's it. I think that's exactly because I don't believe even in a book. I don't believe for one second that he wanted a crown because, OK, you it's get the crown. Evident, be, yeah. He'll be bored within a, a week. He will be like Robert Baratheon who attended what you know, and when, when Viserys says that at the council meeting, he lacks mm -hmm. the patience or he hasn't the patience for it, for the crown. And he's, he's eavesdropping and he scoffs. He's like, he knows. He no, knows. He knows. It's yeah, a game. Absolutely. It's a game. He knows. But I want to follow up on that on that bit that you said when, yeah. when they come to introduce the kids to, um, to Viserys and he's in bed, right? Uh -huh. He's already... Um, I forget the name, but yeah, he's in bed. Sick, yeah, yeah. Sick, yeah. He also he does say that, but he also gets protective, right? He he's furious oh, that um, Viserys has been stolen from any agency that he once had, and and just yeah. as one of the other things that I love about him. But yeah, just to close off, where mm -hmm. can we find you? And uh, yeah, where can we find you? Just I just want to say this was a lot of fun. It was so nice meeting uh, you in London it. and. That was so great. It was such a nice moment and everything. So when you and reached out, so we can do this. I was very happy. I remember. Um, um, I don't want. I don't mean to cut you off, but when I met you no, in London, no, when I met you in London, I remember I said something. I was really drunk. I mean, you got <laughs> we you all got were. there late, but you got there late. I, I'd already been there. I mean, maybe not. I can't late, remember. <laughs> I'd have been there for like a couple of hours. My mm. my bill was crazy. You know, I was I was Oh god. I, I was that place it was expensive. Um it was good it was good, but I, I mean it was expensive. It looked pricey, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh but yeah, I was I was really drunk. Um but I said something along the lines, like when I approached you first, I was like kind of intimidated because I mean I don't know, <laughs> you, you know, um and I, I get said it, I get it. I'm the same those, way, I get right, it. Right. I was I was, what is it that I said? I, I didn't say that you were nicer than I imagined. I, I don't think that I said that, but I, I, I said something <laughs> on those lines. And, uh, that spirit, yeah, yeah. and uh, this, like, this past hour, I just, I, I don't know, that cemented that, you know, I, I had a blast. It, this was really fun. And I've I hope we can do it again. And we I can, hope we can talk so. Like, and we can, we can like, talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, delve deeper into uh, yes. A Song of Ice and Fire. I would love that. But yeah, this was a blast. Thank you for being here. And yes, where Thank can we find you?
You can find me on three different social medias right now. My main source for making content is TikTok uh, under Lady Dragon JJ, but you can follow me on, on Twitter. I tweet a lot in between when I'm not making content. Um, and on Instagram, less so on there's just a presence there more than anything but most of my stuff is on tiktok i talk about it song of ice and fire obviously a lot game of thrones um uh house of the dragon star wars is my my biggest love probably more than a song of ice oh, and fire it just that i know it's yes it's just to me star wars goes back like way way oh, <laughs> way way further than than First a song of ice and fire kind of thing First love, absolutely. You have your Power Rangers, Transformers, and you have your Star Wars, and <laughs> <Right. laughs> Sailor Moon. And I definitely want to add that. So, a song was probably what came in way later when I was a little bit older, when I can actually chew on violent fantasy. So, right. um, but it came I mean, at the right time. Uh, one would it say. came at the right time too. I would say, yeah, I was a little bit older. I could, I could kind of get into it a little bit more on a more mature level. Right. Um, so, but Star Wars is my second, second uh, biggest part of my um my account um game of thrones first and then star wars and everything else in between if it's fun and interesting pop culture related you'll be there that's what i talk about so yeah. i will be there <laughs> awesome well hey it was uh it was great to hang out really it was it was, it, was. A blast. it really was <laughs> i love all your takes and especially your insight and yeah Thank i mean you. you're like a you know how they say that uh henry Cavill, henry cavill is a, like the witcher bible on set Well, I, I feel like you're kind of a, like a Song of Ice and Fire Bible. So this was a blast. I Thank hope. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you on again whenever you're able. Absolutely. And yeah, see you soon. Man, that was a great episode. So thank you for watching it. If you made it here, it means you had fun. So please like, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, stay tuned for the next one because it's going to be, I won't say better because I mean, they're all top tier. I had a I had a lot of fun with all of them, but uh, but yeah, it's gonna be just as good. So please watch it, stick around. You, I mean, you saw it. You know, it's fun. We ha we have a good time. So thank you for watching again. I feel like I'm uh, on repeat or on a loop, but thank you for watching. Um, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Um, we're on social media as well: TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. So just um, welcome to the Fellowship of Fandoms. It was a pleasure having JJ and until next time, thank you.